Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Good evening and welcome to Headliners. I am Simon Evans. Very shortly, my comedy guest and myself will be taking you through Friday morning's newspapers. But first of all, here's the news headlines. Hello and welcome back to Headliners. Joining me tonight in the Headliners arena are comedians at the top of their game, Leo Kurse and Josh Howey, the dream team. <laughs> Slightly too much blue cheese, but a dream nevertheless. Very nice to see you, gents. One of you's come from uh, Ministry of Offence, I think. Yeah, we're just filming that, so it's going to be broadcast on Saturday, 8pm. You are currently Mr GB News. <laughs> yeah. You've got the devil. And, I'm uh, uh, Mrs. Mrs GB Mrs. News. G- yeah, Ms. Master GB Ms. News. Ms. GB News. <laughs> 2022. <laughs> Who did you have on this week? Uh, it was Lewis Schaefer and on the other side, uh, Dan Spencer, the regular captain, and Stephen Grant. Stephen Grant and yep. Lewis Schaefer, that is going to be a high... That's going to be like a high energy. That could be almost <laughs> unbearably zingers ahoy. Excellent. Well, we've got a, a batch of front pages to take a look at. Let's see what's on uh, the Telegraph's front page for Friday morning. The Tory whip quits over drunken groping. Uh, that is a major story we'll be going into very shortly. And one of our few remaining tennis hopes pictured there alongside it. Uh, obviously a completely different story. Then we have the uh, the Independent, who have Johnson commits tens of billions to boost defence. We will also be discussing that shortly, as indeed that horrific story of three sentence for killing five-year-old uh, Logan Mwangi. The Guardian has Tory Deputy Chief Whip resigns amid sexual misconduct claims and a picture of a panda looking rather uh, pensive around the whole thing. Thumbs up. Scientists get a grip on the way giant pandas eat. Maybe too late. Financial Times has pressure mounts on sterling as trade figures drop to worst level on record. Hmm. And Supreme Court delivers blow to Biden's climate pledge by curbing EPA powers. Typical, uh, slightly confusing bad news from the FT. The Daily Mirror has top Tory quits over drunken groping claim and innocent lost in House of Evil. Again, that horrific story of child murder. The Sun with Tory whip quits over drunken gropes. MP pinches shame, bit of nominative determinism for him. And Taylor to wed Brit Joe, that is Taylor Swift, if I remember correctly. The Metro have Logan's teen murderer. Uh, with some pride celebrations uh, to offset the misery created by that story. And the Daily Star have zeroed in on Bernie Eccleston's car crash interview uh, on Breakfast TV this morning. Nurse Bernie's out of bed again. He was defending his old pal Vladimir Putin. Loyalty, if nothing else. Those are the headlines. Let's have a look and see what's inside. (laughs) 
So let's start off with that gruesome and grim story from tomorrow's Sunday and indeed elsewhere. Yeah, so uh, the Tory party deputy chief whip has sensationally quit tonight after allegedly drunkenly groping two men last night. Uh, so he's called Chris Pincher, which, as you point out, is nominative <laughs> determinism. Don't hire somebody called Davy Buttock Grabber. No, and then give him the whip as well. They're, they're, uh-huh. they're letting him keep the whip, which uh, he's, and he's, he's been subject to a probe in previous years. I mean, this, uh, the, the double entendres just keep coming. But yes, yeah, the second time he's been forced to quit the whip's office over sex allegations. Uh, so in 2017, he was accused of making a pass at a former Olympic roar uh, like a pound shop Harvey Weinstein. That's Chris Pincher, not the not the roar. Uh, but yeah, he massaged uh, this uh, athlete and Tory activist's neck and whispered, you'll go far in the Conservative Party. So yeah, quite creepy stuff. But some, some papers are referring to it as claims. The claims are coming from him. He's written a letter. Yes. So he's, he's admitted to it. Well, he certainly admitted he got terribly drunk last night and other people have said that his behaviour was out of order. I didn't see anything in the letter in which he acknowledged what he did when he was drunk, but it sounds certainly as if you can join the dots. Yeah, but it sounds like other Tory MPs dobbed him in because it's yes. a Tory members club and then... Yeah. So he was dobbed the in. Carlton club, isn't yeah, and they're sort of saying, oh, he it looks like he's going to keep his wit because he admitted it and uh, he had, and he's fallen on his sword. It's like, yeah, but you've admitted it after. It's not like he woke up this morning and went, oh, I'm just going to resign today. Last night was crazy. It's like they obviously got some complaints and they was like, yeah, that was me. Fallen on his sword is another unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> is that? Do you feel that it's a, it's a crime that would be more suitable to resigning from the, you know, causing a by-election? Is that what you're saying? No. Well, I mean, it's not. Certainly, this is the second time it's happened. Yeah. I mean, and you, this coming on the back of. The other Tory MP who was found watching pornography. Coming on the back of, you're just... <laughs> I can't believe this, just, just, Am I being tested here? <laughs> 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 some kind of... <laughs> One of these guys who's going to lose his licence. I wish that was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, we have another story uh, from the front page. This is Russia waging war on the continent. Defence spending is on the agenda. Um, they're looking yeah. to ramp it right up. Yeah, so this story uh, in The Guardian has been going actually for a couple of days because, if, like, at the beginning of the week, uh, someone in, in um, Number 10 said, we're probably not going to meet that 0.5% above inflation for the defence spending. Yep. And then uh, Boris Johnson was like, no, no, we, we, yeah, because it all kicked off. And now he's basically saying that it will increase to 2.5% of GDP yep. by the end of um, the decade. So yep. that's kind of like he's sort of promising... I mean, I wouldn't trust Boris Johnson to do a promise in five minutes, let alone keeping a promise for, like, eight years' time. Well, it's certainly going to stretch beyond what is any, you know, reasonable expectation of his own tenancy at number yeah, 10, isn't exactly. it? But, but I suppose as a, as a statement of uh, intent, intent. It's, it's significant. There are issues that are happening. You've yeah. got here the vital capabilities like future combat air, which yeah. I'm not really sure what future combat air is. I'm assuming it's future air combat. Sounds like a really good Korean film. Yeah, <laughs> I'll watch that. Might be yeah. Prince Charles. Yeah. <laughs> that might be uh, Prince William, actually. I, I mean, the one thing, I, I saw a graph uh, a couple of days ago, and it wasn't necessarily in anticipation of this particular conversation, but it was the extent to which defence spending has declined, especially since the end of the Cold War, essentially, yeah. since yeah. we felt we won that. And that has been a steady decline for about 30 years now. And at some point you do go, well, is there almost anything left at all? Mm. I mean, it has been, it's really, and interestingly, 
it's almost all been spent on the NHS. The increase in spending on the NHS, which I know people don't believe, they think the NHS is being run deliberately into the ground, but the fact is more and more treatments come available that are very expensive. You go into hospitals now and they are often slightly dismal and they don't look as if they could do with a lick of paint, but on the other hand, there's some high-end equipment and some very expensive drugs and so on. Yeah, and the NHS you know, is great when you, when you absolutely need them. They're, yeah. they're great. They're, they're not so good for you know, the, the touchy-feely uh, side things. And like, so what I mean is, though, there's been a dividend. The, the, like Reducing defence spending has given us a dividend which well, we spent on the welfare the NHS. If you start putting it back up again to where it was, it's going to cost. Yeah, but but we're, we're, in, we're not in a cold, another Cold War. We're no. in a hot war a hot at the war. moment. We're yeah. literally, you know, the Western liberal democracy Democracy, there's, there's war on our borders. Absolutely. So, and Trump, uh, you know, whatever else you think of him, uh, pretty much called it, didn't he, when he said you're not going to be able to count on America to bail you out indefinitely. At some point, the European powers are going to have to start inching their own yeah. uh, responsibility for and, their own... And now that it's happening in Europe, they are at least stepping up to the mark. Well, mo- yeah. most of them. I mean, Britain's leading the way. Poland's uh, close behind. I think France and yeah. Germany could do a bit more. Apparently, Poland could get ahead of us on GDP by the end of the decade. <laughs> some measures. I, what I'd be interested to see is how much of that money they spend on recruiting uh, infantry foot soldiers and how much of it they spend on the high-end tech stuff. Well, I would kind of hope the, the latter, because that's where our expertise, that's where we're a world centre of excellence. And for whatever you think of the American military-industrial complex, you know, which is, uh, a lot of people say, responsible for the extent of permanent war for permanent peace... At least America makes lots of money out of it. You know, maybe yeah. we could set something up like and that. Also, arguably, war is changing. Yeah. And the different types of war. And it isn't necessarily about infantry. Yeah. Uh, and it is necessarily about having some of these right weapons and drones and, yeah. and fighting over the internet yeah. and all and of that stuff. VR yeah, headsets. And, and big uh, machines that cost a lot of money. So tanks, you know, Challenger tank. You're, some, some of these new tanks are like $80 million. Yeah. So, uh, you know, if you're fighting with drones and things like that, they're much cheaper. Much cheaper. On the other hand, it's a bit like Formula One, isn't it? You know, it costs a lot of money, but there's a, there's a kind of trickle-down effect into the high street weapons as well. Yeah, yeah. You see that a few years later. The Independent, which is what Scotland won't be, of recent polls are believed. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Sturgeon has been blasted for wasting eight years as a new poll shows that most Scots do not want uh, another independence referendum in 2023. So she re- recently announced you know, she wanted a, an independence refer- referendum next October. Yeah. But they did this poll. 53% of people in Scotland said uh, there should not be a referendum next year. 40% who are the ones who are going to vote to leave the UK yeah. uh, said there should. And the remainder were undecided. So, you know, this really doesn't show much, uh, much muster for, for Sturgeon's uh, plans, which are obviously going to be scuppered anyway. Um, and apparently another poll said that only 44% of people would vote yes anyway. So, I mean, if you were to take the, the undecideds in that first poll and just distribute them evenly, you've got 54% roughly saying remain, which is roughly how it fell last time anyway, isn't it? It feels like there's been no change at all. Yeah, and obviously since then we've had, we've had Brexit, but yeah. then uh, I think the Scottish people, after 14 years... Years of SNP rule are getting wise to the fact that the SNP, they're a single issue party. They're yeah. great at banging the drum for independence, but they're terrible for health, education, drug deaths, inequality, all the things that a devolved parliament was set up to actually deal with. Mm. So, you know, they'd be able to put more focus on running the country that Westminster wouldn't be able to do. Instead, it's just created this, uh, this golem, this, uh, um, this uh, satellite state that fights back against the centre. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost as if you're being sort of run by uh, organised crime to some extent. Yeah. I, mean, I, just feel, I just always feel that, or, or like one of the old-fashioned Teamster unions in America or something. Yeah. The, the main difference would be under independence 
independence, you'd have Sturgeon and the same level of, of competence, but with a much lower budget. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that opinion. What do you think, Josh? No, it's good. I was actually quite inspired by Leo. Have you ever thought about running? Didn't get in this time. It's a practice run. You're allowed to practice run. Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't. I really do hope they don't have another. You know, because they are extraordinarily destructive and divisive, though, aren't they? These yeah. things. You know, it did take some time. I think to Brexit hit worked out well. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, joking aside, that that did cause the most extraordinary ructions. But even the Scottish referendum for a couple of years, just as an English comedian going up to Edinburgh, mm. you know, for a couple mm. of years, it just felt a bit less welcoming, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, guys. No, I've always felt very unwelcome. <laughs> <laughs> Only the scales of my eyes. The Guardian next, and in an environment. Of, Pride, diversity and welcoming. It looks like the mm. police are not welcome, Josh. No. So uh, Peter Tatchell, who was one of the people who started the first Pride, I think, in 1972, mm-hmm. he's also sort of a commentator. He's been on this channel a few times. I disagree with many, many of his ideas, as I disagree with this. Uh, is saying that officers uh, would be welcome to join as civilians, but that the Met should uh, keep away. Uh, one of the reasons there he's saying is that the uh, the Met is institutionally in, um, homophobic because of one of the examples he gives is that the way they handled uh, the investigation into serial killer Stephen Port. And actually, when you do look into that, that, I don't really know much about it, but it was in 2014 and there was like three men were found in this one churchyard and there were it was like yards from this guy's home. So you sort of think... Come yeah. on, like that, that seems like they really dropped the ball there. They didn't take it seriously? No, but you no. could also argue now, it seems like the Met and all the police forces around the world, but certainly in the UK, seem to be very heavily invested in their proving their LGBTQ plus mm. credentials with yeah. the constant photos with flags and marches and all this stuff. So, um, and also, like, you need police there. There's going to be thousands and thousands of people. That's ridiculous to sort of... And I thought, oh, well, they, they're obviously just talking about marching. No, they're also saying you shouldn't come. It's like, that's... It's a safeguarding issue when yeah, you have yeah. that many people. You, you can't need make any march in a police no-go area just because you... But, it, I mean, it is I mean, it is counterintuitive to me. If anything, the narrative has been for the last few years, the police are beginning to make themselves look ridiculous mm. with yeah. the degree to which they embrace the culture of whatever march or, you know, when they go to carnival, they, yeah. like, start twerking and stuff. You're like... Be there, be, 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 be there as police, yeah. not, not as some kind of outreach team. Yeah, you know. absolutely. I mean, I, I agree with Peter Tatchell, but for completely different reasons. Yes. I think the police should just get away from painting everything they own a rainbow colour and uh, get back to policing. I mean, yeah. you can't, you literally, if you phone the Met Police because you've been burgled, and the Met Police was put under special measures recently because it's performing so terribly. If you phone the, the Met Police over burglary, you can't get them to turn up unless you've also been misgendered. Or, yeah. Or yeah, well, I mean, that certainly does seem to be most people's opinion. I think Tatchell is, is, is going against the grain. And also, just him personally, which I do admire the extent, the, the, the way in which he's put himself in harm's way over the years in order to bring attention you know, focus to to certain uh, like he's thrown himself in front of limousines of, of leaders of overseas countries where they where they are literally killing gays, and, and so he's on. gone to Moscow as well, yeah, and yeah. Uh, got got arrested with right said Fred. But you don't survive that kind of thing unless you have a police force around. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. The whole point of that is that there's somebody there to to protect you from yeah. being actually murdered. Well, I think that's a, a bit of a, a, a duff call from him, but. Uh, that's our first third, anyway, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up, how hard can it be to pass the British citizenship test? I had a crack at it online today. I very nearly scraped in. Uh, <laughs> Captain Tom Moore's family are in the firing line and Buckingham Palace are failing to encourage diversity. Surely they are diversity, aren't they? They're Germans. Anyway, that's the <laughs> second third. We'll see you shortly. 
And welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans, and helping me get through tomorrow's news are comedians Leo Kurse and Josh Howie. Gentlemen, our first story in the second third is from The Times, and this is about throwing unelected crybabies out of Parliament. <laughs> yeah, actual babies, though. So babies will be banned from the Commons after MPs complained that it would be a distraction and Parliament would not be taken seriously if young children will be, were allowed. So last year, you might remember, Stella Creasy, another case of nominative determinism, possibly. <laughs> uh, she, uh, she's the Labour MP for Walthamstone. She was rebuked by the Commons authorities for bringing her baby mm. into work. And she was trying to make a point about you know, a lack of maternity cover. Uh, so she, she brought her. And people did say that the baby was perfectly well behaved. Because you know, sometimes if you're next to a baby on a flight, sometimes it sleeps the whole time, sometimes it, it screams. But uh, yeah, I agree. I don't think... I, th- I think she's trying to make a point about maternity cover. But you're an MP. You've got so many expenses and things to claim. You can obviously yeah. afford maternity, afford for um, childcare. Yeah. So, yeah, just leave the babies. There, there are, I think, measures available. She may well want to, you know, suggest that they could be improved or that there might be a loophole she's falling through. But I, I have to say, the thing about her baby being well-behaved, that cannot be the criteria. You no. cannot have somebody and kind I, of go, I'm sorry, that baby's fine, but that one yeah, is yeah, really yeah, starting yeah. to do my head in. That would well, it, and the thing is, babies are a distraction whether they're well-behaved or not. If yeah. they're asleep, they're gorgeous, and you yeah. just kind of want to look over all the time. Yeah. And if they're crying or whatever, it's incredibly stressful. And, and you can't focus in any way. Yeah. People are making, yeah, yeah, or people making <laughs> uh, speeches and whatnot. So yeah. she got a photo. I'm curious as to how she got the baby to be well-behaved. I personally think she did a little bit of cowpole drugging. Wow. Uh, pre Medicid or something. They used yeah. to be Medicid, I think it was Seems called. Seems like her timing was a little That's bit just too coming perfect. back to me now. There was something, it, had little, it was supposed to have a little bit of heroin in it. I can't <laughs> What, what decade are we talking about? <laughs> it was only about 10 years well. But I yeah. thought it was, she's 18 now, so I guess this was when she was in her first year. There was, right, I yeah. think it was called Medicine, and I, there was genuinely a rumour that it had something that was a little... <laughs> it was probably an antihistamine yeah. or something. You, you yeah. try it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that she has serious points about childcare and this issue. Certainly, I think, from, as uh, Leo is about to find out, as being a new dad soon, right. from zero to four, childcare in this country is terrible. Yeah, yeah. And right. it's ridiculous where you have to basically stay off work because or you work for sort of an extra £1,000 a year more than it costs to pay for the childcare. It, just, yeah, yeah. it doesn't make sense. Well, it's, it's, it's to create a placeholder in your career, isn't it? It's the yeah. only reason you'd probably want yeah. to do it. But well, I think, the, I think the real issue that Stella Creasy raised is why women get paid less than men. It's yeah. because they bring babies into the office and then yeah. everybody stops working. Well, the women, <laughs> the women stop working and spend all day looking at this baby. Goo, 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 goo. Yeah, they do all that. <laughs> they do all that. But then they used and to that's... do that to Stella Creasy anyway when yeah. she was busy. You know? <laughs> and that's where the pay gap is. It's, there's a lot of truth that the pay gap does revolve around babies at that, 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 at that level, I would imagine. My wife, uh, she is still gets a little drowsy in the car, which is a throwback to when her, her mother used to give her brandy. Okay. <laughs> Genuinely, uh, for long time. because you're spiking her, right? No, I don't spike her. And yet okay. it would be a wonder. It's a bit like gaslighting. <laughs> brandy in the tea. She wasn't driving. No, she can drive, she can stay alert. It's weird, but as soon right. as she gets into the passenger seat, out like a light. Right, right. So anyway, that well, could that be one your for music choices. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be something that the House of Commons could look at. They've got a decent bar there, haven't they? Rather too decent by the sound. <laughs> anyway, Friday's independent now. How hard can it be to become a British citizen? Josh, pretty hard. I had to, uh, did you did you ever have to get over any hurdles already? No, no, well, no. <laughs> British born and raised, but I do have a, a family member who had to do this test recently, and it is ridiculous. Yeah. This is in the Independent, but yeah, they have to uh, fix it. There's a report that's sort of come out, but there have been some of the questions 
are so silly, like some that no one would ever know, like where the founder of the UK's first curry house eloped with his wife. I don't see how anybody could possibly know that. What? Where did the founder of the UK's first curry house elope with his wife? Spin. I don't know. I'm, not, I guess I've not don't, that don't place up on the Scottish border. Where, what was that? Oh, Gretna yeah, Green. Gretna Green. Yeah, Gretna but it wouldn't Green. be there. Look, I, 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 yeah. you know what? It's wow. a, better, a better person than I would have actually looked that up. <laughs> <laughs> but so the, it's like but, a pub quiz sort well, of. Well, so that's what they're saying. But then there are some questions that are quintessentially British, which I actually think sh- like, should be in there. Like, well, like <laughs> you know, what do you do when someone spills your pint, or when you spill someone's pint? I feel like that is those sort of questions. I'm like. That is that is the essence of Britishness or whatever. But then, of course, someone it's might also get some... slightly like the Blade Runner replicant questions. Well, it is because know? it's obviously going to be in different parts of the country. And yeah. if they've seen Train Spotting, they're going to have a very different answer. <laughs> <laughs> to my or if they've read Sid the Sexist, in yeah. 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 What would you do? What would you? What would your answer be to that? I'm not sure. I mean, in, spill in, someone's pint. Well, in, I think if your pint is spilt or you spill someone's pint yeah. in England, you've got to apologise. Yeah. Everybody apologises yeah. all the time. Way, if you get your spill or the other way around, yeah. you're going to apologise. I contact yeah. and a sincere apology and then, and then assess whether or not this yeah. is going to escalate. And yeah. Yeah. Do about I'm it. sorry that you spilled my pint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But they do need to do something about uh, just ensuring that, that people who take citizenship, um, you know, embrace Western liberal democratic values of equality yeah. and tolerance and not forming a grooming gang or committing any terrorist I attacks. You know, agree, just yeah. Some of that stuff, because, you know, some of that stuff goes on. And uh, although there's not a lot on the grand scheme of things, I don't yeah. I don't like any of it. I suppose the point is you can ask you can ask somebody questions like which I did do it. There's a there's a thing you can do like a mock exam online. So I did try a few, and one of them, for instance, which which of these is not a British value? Uh, one of them was uh, uh, fairness. One of them was respecting people's uh, other people's opinions, and then one of them was driving a car. And so driving a car is not a British value. Okay, so that's fine. But just registering that those are British values doesn't mean that you're going to uh, be able to internalise them, does it? I think there is a possibility there that it's kind of... Well, that's done, he passed the test, you know. I think, yeah. they should, I think that what they should do is be forced to watch GB News, yeah. their eyes open, like, yes. you know, like, chained In into the chair in, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like that. In, In a, a queue. queue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got to learn how to queue. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. And not oh, yeah. being able to queue is actually infuriating, even though yeah. we laugh oh, at yeah. queue, queue, the queues as a sort of quaint or British custom. That is fair mm. play in action, Absolutely. That would be like the equivalent of the dog barbecue in the well, replicant. Well, maybe it'll be that they queue up to get the the test. Yeah, and that's the that's the test yeah. itself. I like if they stay in the te- if they stay in the queue and in. people try and push <laughs> in. What do people say? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, nice. you're welcome. <laughs> Sticking with the independent, Buckingham, uh, Buckingham, Buckingham Palace is failing to meet standards in the field of diversity. Yeah, yeah real shocker here. So yeah. Buckingham Palace. Uh, it's failed to hit its diversity target, which is 10%, um, and its proportion of ethnic minority staff stands at just 9.6%. So they really wow. dropped the ball mm. getting rid of Megan. Um, and not just <laughs> Megan, the kids as well. The kids, That's of a course. couple of extra. Yeah. That would have brought them up to 10%. Yeah, it's, they would have been sorted. It, yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to know, as well as, well as this, uh, what jobs... I mean, I don't expect Buckingham Palace to be, you know, the most diverse... Uh, place in the world. To yeah. be honest, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a royal family. It's not a it's not a, a barber shop in Peckham. You know, no. you're not gonna. It's not gonna be that diverse. But I want to know what jobs because I want the. I don't want them to. I think you know when uh, when there's there's the first waves of immigration to this country. Um, obviously, the first uh, migrants got given bad jobs. 
you know, yeah, cleaners yeah. and all the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So I want to know that Buckingham Palace are, you know, letting people have a pop at better. But well, that's the, you're exactly right because if they were to just like employ, uh, I don't know, fifty black cleaners or something, and just go, there we go, bish posh, job done, twelve yeah. percent. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. none of them were above that pay grade, and yeah. that would feel, you know, like there wasn't exactly progress, wasn't it? What? Because a lot of the the so-called staff are actually quite posh people themselves, yeah. aren't they? I think in these places, you know, they're virtually aristocrats. Yeah. But they, they need the, the butler. They need yes. the butler from Fresh Prince. Yeah. That would be amazing. He's posh. There should be a way of if you if you've been set a diversity, would like a a, like a target that you Mm. have to hit. There should be points not just for the individual number of individuals, but the scale at which. Yeah. Yeah. This obviously is concerning them because they the initiative took place with the support of a specialist inclusion and diversity consultancy to develop inclusion and diversity strategy. The household has a new inclusion and diversity group. That's. Three times using yeah. inclusion diversity within, <laughs> like, like within three seconds. So yeah. this obviously yeah. concerns them. 13% uh, of the UK have uh, come from an ethnic uh, minority background. And, you know, that makes sense. But as Leo says, and I 100% agree, what roles are people actually taking up in yeah. the royal household? Bread roles. And also yeah. this... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Prince William said... Sourdough. Prince yeah. William said diversity is what makes us strong. But he didn't explain, like, why... Because some, yeah. you know, like if you go to China, so not uh, ethnically diverse, and in fact they uh, they put uh, people who are a different ethnicity in concentration camps and uh, use them as slave labour. But China's an incredibly, you know, geopolitically strong country. It's a good. It is a good point, and it is always just given as a, a received wisdom now, isn't it? Yeah. To understand it, I have read some studies which demonstrate scenarios in which it is a strength, but you're very rarely uh, allowed to be. I've had to question it and ask to see some evidence. I think it would be nice if they explained, yeah. you know, it would help people believe it if they explained Absolutely why. Absolutely right, yes, because it avoids groupthink or something, but that yeah. might not necessarily be a benefit if you're working in a royal kitchen. You might not want, like, lots of people questioning the, uh, the, uh, the orders. You know what I mean? You might not want people going, well, that's not how we do it in my family. You go, well, I'm afraid that's how we do it here. There are certain <laughs> situations where actually groupthink is, is, is required if, if the Queen is to get the right sort of butter and marmalade combination on her, on her toast. Do you know what I mean? Mm, mm, you've, you've thought about this. I have, yeah. <laughs> I think 9.6%, 9. 9. it's so close. They should probably push for the 10 now, though. Well, they've got Friday, to the end of the year, so... Friday's mirror next. It looks like Captain Tom mm. and his legacy is facing... Yet more tarnishing, Josh. Yeah, so this seems a little bit unfair, actually, the the way this article is kind of worded. Uh, They make it seem like the daughter, the family, are being investigated themselves for running this charity Mm. badly. But it's a little bit more complicated than that. The way that the Mirror uh, words it here is, probe into Captain Tom's charity with daughter lined up for 100k a year CEO role. Well, that actually happened six months ago or so, where she tried to get this job for £100,000. That is ridiculous. The, uh, the commission said, no, you can't. So she ended up going on as an interim for £85,000. That's still a huge amount of money. But that isn't actually what's going on here. They're saying that because um, the, uh, his name was taken out, Sir Tom and, and all this stuff. So um, this other company had the trademark issues. Yeah. And they're saying, well, why didn't you get them first? Because this company, which is Club Nuke Limited, which is kind of evil. They've made a lot of money by selling, I don't know, Captain Tom fish fingers or whatever it is. I saw a bottle of gin. Captain Tom. Tom okay, well, Tom. Sir Tom's gin. Yeah, yeah so they've got, is, they've got all this stuff. And it's not, so none of that money is actually going towards the charity. Um, but because this charity actually wasn't set up until after Club Nuke had the trademark, it's not really their fault. And that's really the issue that's going on here. Right, OK. And so I'd just like to say that yeah. the £39 million that was raised by Sir Tom 
Uh, that actually, that's got nothing to do with it. That went to a different charity. That's all safe, which yeah. is good because that's a massive relief. Did you guys donate to that charity? I believe I did, although I look back on it now as a sort of mild case of hysteria, to be absolutely <laughs> honest. But I think it was, it was relatively benign, wasn't it, compared with standing outside and banging saucepans together for the NHS, I think. <laughs> This was one old fella. We rallied around it because it was a time of stress. There's been a lot of people on Twitter today saying, looking back and thinking, what were we thinking? This old fella on a Zimmer frame and and we gave 30 million quid. Well, I think what we were thinking was we were desperate for some sort of demonstration that we could show some sort of, you know, uh, unskilled... Get behind it, yeah. Well, I was just jealous he had a garden. Yeah. That was my... (laughs) made me angry. Jealous he had a walking frame. So his daughter... This isn't the £39 million that was raised for Captain Tom. So his daughter's in another charity. Yeah, which has raised since then, yeah. That's getting uh, £100,000 a year. She's not not getting it. But to be fair, also, um, to flip the argument I just made... Last year, they spent 240000 just on costs running the charity. They only actually yeah. gave away 160000 So that is not good I mean, value I'd like, for money. It sounds awful, but I'd like to see the figures for other charities. I don't know oh, how much they yeah. had. I bet some of them are probably... I mean, a lot of the money seems to go on paying chuggers now, doesn't it? Yeah. To, you know, sitting well, in the street and there. Yeah, this yeah. is why I never give to charity, yeah. apart from not wanting to help anybody. Mm. But I, I buy my books from Oxfam Bookshop. Um, right. That's mainly because I think I'm. I think I'm basically getting one over on them. I, I spot a, a second-hand book and I quickly <laughs> check on Amazon to see how much it's going for. And if it's, if it's more on Amazon, then I buy it. And so I'm basically stealing from. <laughs> no, no, so I'm the same with board games. I like yeah. collect board games, right. and if I find a board game that's like, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> 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 the silly charity, they don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't have coshed Captain Tom, though. You know. But um, I did think it was quite... If there was anything I felt cross with them about was they dragged him over to Barbados or something, didn't they? And that's where he caught... Oh, COVID. Died, oh. You know, it was, that was horrific. Right. I mean, it was nice that they wanted to treat him. But yeah, yeah. that was fairly obviously not... Was that, so that was a reward? I guess so, and they all went with him. You know. Right. Because that, that must have been quite a strain on his body to fly oh, that way to like a, yeah. such a different climate. Yeah, I think that was a bit wrong. But anyway, that's just a, that's a, a, a value judgment. The Times next, our favourite brand. I say our favourite. I don't have a favourite brand of beans, but perhaps the most famous brand of beans is quickly disappearing from a supermarket's yeah, and from one of the most famous brands of supermarkets. So Heinz has stopped supplying Tesco after a row between the two companies about price increases on baked beans, tomato ketchup and other products, which I assume are not speedboats and things. It's going to be <laughs> Heinz-related stuff. Uh, so te- <laughs> That's be more like Lidl, the centre <laughs> Yeah, so Tesco's reserves of several of the, the company's products, uh, including four packs of baked beans, salad cream, chicken noodle soup, They've already sold out on its website and shoppers have reported empty shelves in store. So there's, there's food inflation of 9.1%. Obviously, Tesco are trying to suppress that as much as possible so uh, you know, food shoppers don't, don't get uh, charged so much. Uh, but Heinz, you know, their, their costs are, are creeping up uh, with the energy and the, you know, the cost of sunflower oil and wheat going up so much. Yeah. And this is, this is going to get worse that, over the next... That stuff is in the, the source, is it? I should, I should imagine, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. sunflower oil is in, in a lot of stuff. But the, is, the, yeah. the price of staples around the world is, is shooting up because of the Ukraine conflict. Yeah, yeah. But I think Tesco is arguing that they're putting up their prices just a little too much. Like, if you look here, uh, for Sainsbury's, where there isn't an issue getting... If, uh, Heinz tomato soup, uh, four-pack, went up from 250 to 350 Now, that's a third mm. increase. That's not 10% yeah. inflation. Yeah. And the same with £2.50 to £2.99 for a four-pack of uh, snap beans snapshots, it went up 20%, not 10%. So like petrol stations where it's like, you're going, I know it's going up, but 
you're t- taking the mickey here. Yeah. I had a little uh, conversation about baked beans about six months ago on Twitter. I was complaining in Brighton, if you go to any remotely posh sort of artisan cafe and order a full English, they all think they can make better baked beans than you can get out of a tin and you get these kind of white beans floating in a sort of tomato, like, I don't know, like, what's that, what's that cold tomato soup? Gaspacho. Yeah, I guess like a gaspacho with some leaves. So you on don't it. get like baked beans out of a tin. No, they no. don't. They think they can do better, and they can't. They never can. And then this conversation evolved, and it turned out that most people now think Cross and Blackwell, I think, and Branston both make better beans than. Oh, than really? right. Yeah, a slightly richer, more full-flavored. Give it a go. So yeah, this could things. be the opportunity that. Uh, I'm the kind of guy who likes to try out new yeah. things, yeah. expand <laughs> exactly. my consciousness. Yeah. And it's not just about taste with beans either, is it? Obviously, you know, Texture. there's the musicality as well that you want to be uh, looking for. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, making making your own beans—that's nonsense. That's like, <laughs> no. Just like making your own Nutella. They've no. already perfected it. This Don't is it. exactly my point, and it is so infuriating mm. when cafes feel they have to brand themselves somehow like that and sort of demonstrate. Coming up after the break, emojis used to be used as evidence in court. James Bond could be getting a modern makeover. And is it time we stop bullying the Germans? Got in Himmel. Find out what that is all about in two minutes. And welcome back to Headliners with me, Simon Evans and Josh and Leo. This is the part of the show where we go through the slightly weirder stories of the night. Uh, Josh and Leo, tomorrow's Times, I'm sure you've sent emojis before now. You may have regretted or thought them cringeworthy, but what if they came back to haunt you in court? Josh? Well, sure, in China now, uh, you can use emojis as evidence. They oh. found 150 cases where that have actually been used um, in evidence uh, in court cases in China. And uh, it is a little bit scary. This, uh, the latest one uh, is that someone, there was a rental dispute uh, with a commercial tenant and he got offered a, like a rent hike or something like that and he sent a smiley son mm. and that was taken to be him agreeing to it even yeah. though actually he hadn't. Now, I don't know what smiley son, that's different from smiley face. I don't know if that means like, Smiley sound like it's a sunny day. Let's talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. I, I think it's let's watch the Teletubbies. Yeah. Yes. That's I don't, exactly I've never seen it, Smiley sound. I'm not fit, well, that could be a no. Chinese like thing. So there is obviously a danger there. It was of taken as acquiescence. To yeah, it was. But there is a danger, of course, of uh, misinterpretation. When yeah. it comes out. And the, the end of the suggestion is type out your words mm. rather than that. I mean, personally, actually, I, I resent using emojis. The only time I ever use emojis is when someone does an emoji to me and then I feel like I have to kind of lower myself to their <laughs> yeah, standards yeah. just to find the perfect one. The part. ones that I hate, which wouldn't I can't imagine cropping up in a court of law, are when people just laugh openly at the paucity of your argument. Don't you know that one they go, lol, I suppose you think X, and then three cry laugh emojis at the end to demonstrate just how pathetic you are. Is that the Heinz baked beans guy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that guy. What do you think? Is it a viable uh, means of communication that could be like, taken as, as legal document? No, I mean, I think, that, I think the courts and legislation, I mean, we shouldn't give the, the government any ideas. Like Some of our bills that are coming through, <laughs> the, the hate crime bill, the policing yeah. bill, some of them are so vaguely worded already, they don't need yeah. to muddy that even further by having smiley sons and thumbs up and things in there. But interestingly, I mean, maybe it's, it's more um, uh, suitable or more, more suited to China because 
uh, like the Chinese language and kanji in, yes. in Japanese. It's, it's kind of based on emojis in a way because you've got little symbols that mean like a man or a window or a rice paddy uh, actually making up the they're the constituent building blocks. It's character world. driven, isn't it? Yeah, like a sitcom. Yeah, yeah. I've never really fully understood it. I must admit, Mandra, but I know. I mean, they have like two thousand characters on the typewriter or something. Is that right? When they try and yeah, so I mean, I did, I did learn Japanese at school, yeah. weirdly. It's one of those things. But, but you can see how that would, they would absorb emojis in a different way. We still just mm. think of them as, like, this is what my face is doing while I'm writing this, whereas they <laughs> yeah. might be actually starting to use them in a more... You know, like hieroglyphics, obviously, you know, they're still... I mean, God, I, I can't exactly pass exactly how they are meant to be understood or read. It's more complicated than we think. But then our language, like ABC, those were originally pictures, right? A, yeah. was, a, a was a house, I think, and... Oh, no, A was an, uh, an ox. It was yeah. like a, it was all sort well, of on its It, it could well be a thousand years from now, different yeah. emojis are actually going to turn yeah, yeah. into written language, like the, uh, you know... Uh, There'll be a way of saying them, yeah. Yeah, the smiley face is going to be like a little thing, like that, it's, you know... Because a lot uh, of people saying... is going to mean... <laughs> yes, 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 not tonight, aubergine. There was a, um, there's been a long time, uh, like a tongue-in-cheek campaign to introduce an irony font. So that when you, you can right. write, a, write a whole tweet in an irony font and everyone kind of goes, ah, he doesn't really mean yeah. that, you know what I mean? But that could conceivably become legal as well then, presumably. Oh, that would be so annoying. Yeah. If you had sunny, smiling sun, but in yeah, irony, irony font. Well, you, you put the <laughs> upside-down laughy face yeah. uh, either side of what you're saying. Yes, so, that's yeah. good. That's, that's the irony, face. sarcasm. Like, you're right, he's like the uh, interrobang. Mm. Uh, so Friday's Daily Mail now, and this is another day and another story about trans people in the NHS. What is it this time, Liam? Yeah, so this is, this is a big move. So every child uh, treated for gender dysphoria by the NHS in the last decade will have their medical records scrutinised to see if the NHS care is causing more harm than good because, uh, you know, there's been some cases recently of, uh, of, of children and adults who've been through the, the transitioning process mm. regretting, uh, regretting their treatment and uh, and also uh, opening lawsuits against the NHS. So you know this is this could be very costly uh, for the NHS, yeah. uh, and obviously you know uh, hugely life changing for the for the people involved if it turns out to be the wrong course of course of therapy. So uh, Sajid Javid today is going to change the law to allow researchers to study data on around nine thousand adolescents who are given counselling or drugs, so puberty blockers and, and hormones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's been a huge increase. There's eleven thousand patients treated last year. Uh, and some of the some of the uh, stories are you know quite quite traumatic, and also some of the so the outlawing of conversion therapy uh, actually means that you can't do the the sort of talking therapy. Well, that's uh, that children. was a th- that's what they were afraid was going to happen. Yeah. Now in America, it's different, but here, luckily, they did stop that. El- they they made it the conversion therapy illegal for uh, homosexuality, but they didn't deal with this because that was exactly what was raised. Yeah. Because if someone went in and said, oh, I've, oh I'm uh, like playing with trucks or something, yeah. and then uh, maybe, I'm a, maybe I'm a boy, yeah. if you don't immediately do what's yeah, affirmation, uh, then you, could, you are then yourself liable, which is the way yeah. it is in America. Whereas here, that was stopped, so it isn't like that. But it seems like people have been using this affirmative model Anyway, mm. you know, uh, uh, diagnosing drugs, uh, giving drugs to very 
you know, young teenagers. And those drugs... And after, were, like, two sessions. Yeah, after one two sessions. One session even. And the thing is that they said, oh, these drugs, they don't do anything, these hormone blockers, it's just a temporary... But they even that has been proved have massive ramifications on bone structure, on brain development, sexual development. So, uh, and this is the number. It was 138 children were referred for treatment about 12 years ago. Now it's now up to sort of 2000... You know, it's insane and the difference is it used to be young sort of boys a couple of boys you know and now it's mostly uh teenage girls which suggests that it's a fact well yeah, the, a the, the, the thing that is, yeah. is again something it doesn't always necessarily mean anything the correlation but the correlation is striking the degree to which as the trans thing has risen anorexia has virtually disappeared oh really i haven't yeah. seen that graph yeah uh, uh, and it, it, so the suggestion that this could be the way in which the same anxieties that used to lead to anorexia now yeah. lead to this which is essentially wishing to retreat withdraw from the oncoming you know, female the, female puberty. Terror, that's yeah. the that's the thing that reading this book uh, um, that uh, I'd never really appreciated. Not there's a, there's trans there's irreversible damage, and I'd never yeah. appreciated how traumatic female puberty is because as a yeah. guy going through puberty, you know, you get a little bit of hair and what your voice did. But for a for a woman, suddenly you're this treated by society as this sexual object. Mm. You have a whole other appendage. You have breasts. You have your whole. You have this whole system, biological system, going off with you. You know, and it's a massive, massive difference between guys. And I'd never sort of seen it that before. And as you say, some people decide to retreat, not necessarily because they want to be boys, but they just don't want that. Yeah. And it's understandable when you Of course, a, like a male going through puberty, you sort of, you want society to treat you. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't get it. <laughs> Friday's Telegraph now, and as the culture war rages, Disney continues to be a key battleground, Josh. Uh, yes, so um, this is the this is interesting that Bob Ch- Chapek, I think, who has basically been running Disney for a little while, who took over, he used to run the parks part of it. Now right. he's taken over the whole thing, and it's a huge enterprise, as you yep. can imagine. Uh, they have reconfirmed him for another three years, uh, even though actually uh, it's not been particularly good uh, uh, business at the moment. Years, yeah, right? I mean, obviously you had COVID. That's not his fault. Uh, maybe not. I don't know if Disney started it. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> start that. Start that conspiracy. That's a good theory. conspiracy. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the, the parts were closed. That's where a big chunk of their money comes from. Right. Uh, and also their films as well. Yeah, and their films as well. Those, yeah. Streaming has was a massive success a few years ago. Disney Plus. Yeah. But that's slowing down now. Right. And also you have this "Don't Say Gay" law. Yeah. Uh, in Florida, which again is a slight misnomer because pa- it's not necessarily the parents don't want to be their children exposed to different uh, sexualities. It's more, I think, that people are focused on this whole, like, gingerbread theory, sex is a spectrum, 150 genders, woo-woo. But Disney has come out against the the legend. I think he tried to hold it back, but he got a lot of complaints from from some shareholders, from some employees, and eventually had to sort of come out against it. Then they got taxed uh, in Florida now. So, but just to be clear, what is the story? What's the news story? Well, the story is that they basically they pushed him forward for another three years. Right, that, that's they, pretty much it. But yeah. but he's got troubled times. Yeah, and the profits have dropped ninety percent on his watch. So you know they've gone woke and they've gone broke, wow. which yeah. we've seen you know with other companies. But what's interesting, as, as Josh was saying, we're seeing activist investors, mm. and these aren't you know it's not like we've got Greenpeace buying shares and pushing a certain way. This is uh, big investment companies like Vanguard and BlackRock. They've got ESG, environmental, social and governmental obligations uh, yeah. that they make themselves. And, uh, and so, so they, they push, and Disney employees push for the, for the company to, to go woke. And you think if you're an investor, 
You want to push it to make money. So, you know, if you see things that don't bother pushing any sort of, you know, agenda and just want people to have fun, like the new Top Gun movie, doing amazing business. Yeah. yeah. And it's one billion, his first billion dollar movie. It's his most yeah. successful movie yeah. ever. And it is interesting, isn't it, just how old fashioned it is without mm-hmm. actually, no, nothing offensive in it. And there's a female pilot, oh, yeah. there's a black pilot. It's not like it's like some yeah. massive throwback, but yeah. it just seems to, well, to it, celebrate. Some it, quite traditional It doesn't values. preach. And yeah. we're yes. seeing this yeah. in so much entertainment. It, it leads with this obvious, yeah. you know, preach, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. wearing its, uh, you know, pride progress flag yeah. and its wrist. I did wonder as well whether, I know this isn't Disney's only, I mean, they've, they've got Star Wars now and, you know, they've got a huge number of properties. But there was that kind of period when the Pixar thing in particular, you know, was so strong. They were coming out with some amazing mm-hmm. movies. They re- it really felt like well, they were moving, they, they, they had really on, just um, yeah. kind of... Changed the game, really, yeah, for yeah. children's movies. Well, and then they just seem to sort of plateau. They'd, I've just felt for the last few years there's been nothing that came anywhere close yeah. to, like, Frozen, let alone Finding Nemo. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. the latest uh, Pixar movie, Lightyear, has bombed because it's, it's pushing this right. woke agenda. Well, that's it. And I'd say that that spreads across all their different properties. So yeah. uh, with Star Wars, you have it. With, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm personally a big, massive fan of Marvel, but the last couple of series they've been putting out, it's like, yeah. like they just, and the thing is, they crowbar this stuff in, like yeah. focus on telling a great story. If it happens, it's in the background, and you can, yeah. but there's ways of doing it rather than just going, God, look, yeah. everybody, we're <laughs> a girl with a sword. Now yeah. we're scared. Yeah. Friday's Metro and the famous 007. Speaking up, <laughs> speaking of makeovers. Well, this is one that I suppose they're going to have to embrace to some extent, Leo, isn't it? Like reinventing Bond, because the last one, uh, you know, spoiler alert, he's dead, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Is he dead? Does he die? He literally oh, dies. Right, right. Oh, yeah. well, you didn't miss out as much. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know that, but, uh, yeah, yeah, James Bond is being reinvented because uh, apparently he died. Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry for anybody else. Have you seen Sixth Sense? <laughs> <laughs> and there's going to be years before the next 007 film, according to a producer. So Barbara Broccoli... Uh, is, uh, is that nominative determined? <laughs> found in a, in, a, in a salad buffet. The previous in... one was called uh, cu- Cubby. Cubby, it Cubby, was yeah, Cubby yeah. which I always thought that was like half. It was like a slightly. I don't know. It felt like a like a like a, a term for a lump of broccoli. Do you know what I mean? Well, uh, apparently, they, have a, cubby, a cubby of broccoli. You know apparently, they invented broccoli. They crossed. Uh, was it the cabbage with the sweet pea? Yeah, yeah. There was some right, sort of yeah. genetic uh, thing, yeah. and they, they invented broccoli Honestly, and got yeah and yeah, got, yeah. got rich yeah. off have it. You've been testing yourself for the. Uh, UK uh, <laughs> entrance exam. <laughs> so yeah, they're, they're, they're posing um, some potential bonds. So Idris Elba, he's he's come up a lot. He'd be great. He's you know uh, not in a two years time though. He's got. I think I think he's yeah. maybe yeah, maybe a bit too too old. Uh, Bridgerton actor Reggie Jean Page. I don't know. Oh. Henry Cavill. He'd be terrible. He's American. Aiden He's Turner. English. Is he? Yeah, he does. Well, he looks, he looks American. He looks too healthy. <laughs> he looks he kind of a healthy one. He, he looks too Yeah, he's too chiseled. Tom Hardy's too short. Kind of Tom Hardy. Yeah, um, yeah but so, then Sean Connery wasn't tall, was he? Sean Connery was tall. Look, to be fair to her, she is a good... She's been working on it since the 70s. I know it's Barbara Broccoli. But, you know, since I know it's nepotism. She inherited it from her dad. But, you know, those last films, Casino Royale was a great relaunch of that character. They sort of chose a bit of Jason Bourne, threw that into it. So she knows what she's doing. I trust her. Uh, she's saying, but then she's saying as a joke here, obviously, she, that she's saying, oh, yeah, I'd love the Duke of Cambridge to be the next Bond. Which, William. Yeah, William, yeah. yeah. And okay. I'm just thinking, you know what, a bald 
Bond. I feel like I've gone on a diet on the right time. I don't think I'll be too old at that point. So we'll see how it goes. I haven't had a good idea for a new Bond for a very long time. I'm just so out of touch with the new talent that's coming through or what anyone looks mm. like, really. Yeah, I don't know. I think Tom Hardy's my favourite. Really? He's yeah. old now as well, isn't he? He's my, yeah, he's my, yeah, actually, is well. Okay, never mind. Time for is times. Is it time we stopped bullying a certain nation for losing two World Wars and one World Cup? (laughs) (laughs) You know, there might be an opportunity within this article for me to do some German impressions. (laughs) (laughs) And Japanese. And Japanese, yeah. yeah. Okay, don't. I love all that. So, um, do you know, you know Commando Comics? Do you I do. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. they've been running since like the sixties, I think, nineteen sixty-one. Uh, but they've been sort of. Here's another story of a thing that's they, they're focusing right. now on not offending anybody. And then, of course, what are you what are you left with? But are they still telling to- stories of the war? They're still wars? telling stories of the war. But it sounds like the, one of these people he says now. But the, they say, oh look! But in 2020, I did a story where this Polish soldier finds himself exiled to Britain at the end of the Second World War. Now that is an interesting story. Yeah. Is that a commando story? Yeah. Good I question. don't know. And so now they're getting rid of things like. Um, and using expressions like, uh, so no more, achong, got him himmel, and ai! <laughs> now, is ai, who is that? I guess Japanese. that's a Japanese oh, soldier, yeah. Oops. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, said, they said, men of Nippon flee, I remember, in one of them. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Die British a pig. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I do wonder, though, it's so decontextualised now. When I was growing up, I, I wasn't that mad into them. I, I think there was one called Warlord I liked better yeah, than Commander. War, yeah. But anyway, they, but I did get them occasionally. I could, but I understood roughly what was going on because mm. there were also war films every weekend. I would watch at least one war film mm. on a Sunday afternoon, usually with my dad. I had... Uh, 132 scale soldiers from the mostly from the Second World War on little platforms, you know, like the ones in Toy Story that you could set up in battle formation. Had guns. I had a mate who had loads of ex-war, like a he had an actual Tommy tin hat, you know, and a couple of uh, like a water bottle and whatever. All the kit, you know what I mean? It was like it was all part. That, I mean, now it's just so isolated. I don't know whether. Most eight-year-olds now have any contact with any kind of play-acting opportunities, or do you know what I mean? I just don't know whether the, how where they would role-play if the that idea. World in their War Two is a big thing for them. I just I don't think it's think all it probably does. Marvel. It's gone, isn't stuff. it? Yeah. 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 No, no, my kids dress up and they do sort of Vietnam protests. <laughs> 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 my kids are going to dress up as the police hitting your kids. Yeah. <laughs> we should set up a play date. But now they have, of course, got drones. So you know there is that. Anyway, that is all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much to my guests, Leo Curse and Josh Howie. A pleasure as always. We are going into the weekend now. Your host will be Mark Dolan tomorrow. I hope to see you in just over a week. Thank you very much. Good night. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. 